Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates, Send in the Clowns, The Phoenix Tube Company, CelebrityTrips.com, The Law Firm of Decalator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and Relish Restaurant of Kings Park. Here are your hosts. Mark and AJ. Joining us now is a man who retired a school teacher and administrator after 30 years with the Toronto School District Board. His work with Canadian Tire on a project that teaches Canadian families about the important benefits of their children participating in hockey and served as an ambassador for the Hyundai Hockey Helpers Program. When he's not delivering empowering speeches, Canadian audience on how to find one's potential, he spends time teaching his grandchildren how to skate. All three of his sons are professional hockey players. PK, we all know PK of the National Predators, Malcolm of the Las Vegas Golden Knights, and Jordan of the Utica Comets. His new book, How We Did It, is more than a hockey book as it offers up life lessons, family stories, and words to live by. It is a pleasure to welcome Carl Supan to WLIE Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Carl. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. You know, as parents, we all make mistakes with our kids along the way. We hope that our mistakes don't make profound impact on their lives. And when kids grow up to be adults and they can verbalize some of the things that affected them most, you know, throughout parenting, parents, including I, often respond, well, you didn't come with an instruction manual. We, <laughs> we did the best we could. Well, you kind of take care of that instruction manual now with this book. What was your inspiration for the project? Oh, thank you. Well, you know, um, like you said in your opening, you know, PK, Malcolm, and Jordan, uh, you know, they became professional hockey players. And as they were climbing the professional uh, hockey ladder, uh, this question keeps coming up. You know, my wife Maria was asked it. I was asked it thousand and, uh, a thousand times. What is it that we did to raise three boys who were drafted and, and signed by uh, NHL hockey teams. And, and so that's the, sort of the reason why uh, I have this book in my hand, and I'm with you right now. You know, it's interesting because I, what I really loved about the book is some of the terminology you use. My favorite is how we need to load our children's built-in GPS. Can you explain <laughs> a little bit about your spin on what GPS stands for? Yeah, it stands for Growing Potential System. You know, I've worked, I've spent... Uh, over 30 years uh, working with children as an educator, uh, I've coached. Uh, I've coached many school teams. I've coached hockey in the GTHL, that's the Greater Toronto Hockey League, for over 10 years. And obviously, I've been a parent. So, as a coach, parent, and as an educator, I've worked with children, and I've come to realize that my most important job, my most important role, my biggest, my most important goal was to help children to develop their potential. And that's what I, that's why I taught. That's why I parent. And, and that's why I coach, to help them to develop their potential. You know, as an educator and administrator for over 30 years, you saw countless children and parents of those children. You described three different types of parenting in the book. <laughs> Could you share that with our audience? Yeah. And by the way, I thought I add about potential. Potential is the lens through which I see every child. Okay, and, and, and whether my children or, or the children I've worked with. But in my years in education, I sort of came up with these three categories to describe uh, the, the style of parenting. And, and we know parenting is not easy. And like I said, we were made to parent, but parenting wasn't made easy. You know what I mean? It's not an easy thing. 
But um, the three categories are first autopilot uh, parenting style. These are the we have these children growing up without the support and the guidance of, of parents or any loved ones, and and these are the kids who are not even on sport teams. Uh, so, you know, to have someone stand up and be there for them. So those are the autopilot uh, uh, parenting style children. And then we have the designer uh, parenting style, um, regularly known as the helicopter parent. Designer parents are those parents who feel that they know the steps to get their child into law school. And they know every step and they write the steps and, 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 and they, you know, they're the director. You know, they're, they're writing the script. And, 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 and so just like the helicopter parents. And, and then we have the um, lifeguard parents. These, you know, the lifeguard parents are, are these parents who teach their children how to swim. And then they, you know, they, they, they sit off in the distance and watching them. And, and when, when they get over their heads or they're starting to drown and sometimes life will drown them, you know, we, we step up and help them. And, and those are the three styles. And in, in, in our parenting years, we sort of go through all three. But these are not my words but I use them like my mind. Our main job as a parent, even as a leader, is to clear the way, pave the way, and get out of the way. And, and, and you know, and that's the lifeguard parenting style. You know, you've cleared the way, paved the way, then get out of the way. It's <laughs> now have to learn to fly. We're talking Carl Subban, uh, author of the, uh, the great book, How We Did It, talking about uh, his three hockey-playing sons and his two sports-playing daughters. This is A.J. Carter, Carl. question I have in the book, one of the things that's a little unusual about the book is you write your story, but then you stop. And basically, there are interviews with your wife and with your five children. <laughs> how, how did that come about? Whose idea was that? And did you find anything surprising in their reactions to the points that you were raising in the book? Yeah, that's a very, very good question. Well, my co-author, Scott Colby, uh, he came up with the idea uh, because we wanted the book to be my voice, but we also wanted it to be authentic. And I wasn't there when Scott interviewed my wife, Marie, and the kids. But I guess what surprised me was, uh, and it shouldn't be surprising, first of all, that Marie and my wife, we were on the same page. We were such a good team. We didn't always agree on everything, but when it was all said and done, we made decisions in the best interest of the children. So that was, um, that was a, a key point. And then with the children, it's when um, they sort of stated that, um, you know, when they have kids, they're going to parent uh, the same way uh, that we, they were parented. And to me, you know, sometimes you don't know you're making a difference with your, with your kids. And my kids were no different than any other buddy's children. Um, you know, they, they gave us some gray hair. But they're also, and that's one of the lessons I learned. Our kids are listening, you know, and, 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 and sometimes it doesn't seem that they're getting the message, but, but they are. And it's going to come out. You're going to see it in action. You're going to see it in play sooner or later. You know, it's interesting because over 37 years of covering sports, people would always ask me which of the sports has the best guys you know, to interact and to interview. And I never, ever hesitate. And I always say immediately, hockey. And then when we further that conversation, they ask me why. And I think for me, I always go back to the fact that hockey players from very early on have a very deep connection to family as, you know, it's not where you, you can go out to a basketball court by yourself and play basketball. It's not like you can take your glove and your bat and run down to the local sandlot and, and play all day. 
Hockey requires a, a lot of time by the parents, whether it's driving to the rink or even the way you described the first time taking all the equipment out of the bag and putting it on <laughs> the PK. Yeah. Um, you know, is there anything really, is there, is there anything to that theory, A, and B, is there such thing as a hockey mom or a hockey dad? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one of the, one of the uh, I've, I learned, I've learned so much as a parent, and sometimes parents, we don't have the mindset that we're also a student of parenting. And I'm 59 and I'm still learning. And one of the things I learned, I, I learned this, um, and, and I, I mean, Marie and I, we did some of this naturally, but, 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 but when we look back, we realize that PK, yeah, he, he really liked skating when he was two and a half because he started at two and a half. He liked skating. And even at three or four or five and five years, when he was five, he was such a really good skater because he started so young. But what I realized was, and I want all the parents to, to hear me, it, it wasn't skating that he loved so much. It, it was the time that he was spending with us, with mom and dad. You know, and that's a key. Yep. That's a key. And, 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 and if, if we want to influence our children, you, know, you better spend time with them. We're talking with I, I mean, and, and remember... Uh, I'll just finish off with this part, point. Time with them is what stays with them and in them, you know. And you're right about the culture of hockey. It it it, it really uh, keeps the it keeps the family. Um, it really keeps the family together. We're talking to Carl Supan. Uh, you know, you also talking about hockey moms and hockey dads. You relate yes. a, a very awkward encounter with another hockey parent. Who, who offered you money for what he felt would be a surefire way to get his child to the NHL. Could, could you share that proposition with our audience? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll start off with the hockey dad role or hockey mom role. And the one lesson I learned, you know, because like I said, as a parent, I wanted to be the best parent that Carl Subban and Maria Subban could be, but we were learning. And, but what I learned was that I know which dad or which mom my kids needed the most. It wasn't the hockey mom or the hockey dad. It was dad and mom, you know, so we can't confuse them. And the line's got to be very clear. But, you know, Maria's from Montserrat, and I'm from Jamaica. We came here when we were 12 years old. So our geography didn't lend itself to producing hockey players. We weren't born in hockey night in Canada. You know, Saturday night is hockey night in Canada. It's a big deal here. We didn't have that to influence us. Um, you know, the, the odds of making the NHL are slim to none. You know, the math odds are not on your side. And some people think that, you know, we have the right genes. So, and, you know, genes do help us. And it, our genes give us certain advantages, but they are not our destiny. And I can't say that my three boys were born with the hockey genes. But this dad, uh, this, and he was serious. He, he came up to me in, in an arena um, and it was uh, the um, Herb Carnegie Arena in North York, Ontario, in Toronto. And he whispered in my ear, he goes, Mrs. Subban, I'd like you to do me a favor. I go, what is it? What is it? I'm thinking he wants me to give him some tips on skating or shooting. No, he goes, I'll pay you if you could make a baby with my wife. And, and no. um, I was stunned. And, 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 and so I'm so happy that my wife was in there because I think we would have needed the referee on the, <laughs> to leave the ice to come and and stop what would happen. But um, I hope that father now has the book and realizes that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, but, 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 I, cover, so. I, I have the, the, I talk about it in the book, but <laughs> if he buys the book and read it, he'll find out what it takes, you know, to make for children to make it in school, 
to make it in hockey, and, and to make it in life. My favorite part about when you relayed that story was that you did the quick math and said, you know, had he asked me this 20 years earlier, I would have done it for free. <laughs> it was great. So, you know, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't want to give everything away to the audience. So. <laughs> you know, one of the things that really struck me, because, you know, obviously with the, the times we're going through now um, here in the States, I don't know how much of it filters over to Canada, with you know, a lot of talk about immigration, um, so, you know, you just mentioned about where you're from and, and where your wife's from, and you, the book tells a lot about your parents' story and, and how your days in Sudbury, Ontario, as a new Canadian, that hockey kind of was your bridge from Jamaica to Canada, and it was a way of fitting in. I'm just wondering if you feel that those same opportunities are there for an immigrant today, and... If so, is sports even more important than it was back then? Yeah, you know, sports has a lot of power. It's it just, um, sport is such a, a powerful tool, and, you know, it helped me with my integration into a new, a new country, a new, a new city, a new culture. We, my parents, uh, rented an apartment on Peter Street in Sudbury, Ontario, and it was, all the kids were francophones on the street. And so here I am want to belong, want to make new friends, but there were so many barriers. And hockey was, was the bridge that connected us because, you know, I didn't need to speak French. I knew I could play. So that was the thing that helped me to make new friends. Hockey gave me something to do. It gave me something to love. Um, it made me, it gave me a feeling of belonging. And it also gave me a dream because I wanted to be Ken Dryden in the NHL, mm -hmm. and so um, that's and so the conversation is in Canada too, uh, you know, uh, about what's happening in the states with the kneeling and so on. And you know, I, my my stance is, and I sort of covered it in the book a bit. Right. That's what makes the book so relevant. Is I've experienced the power of sport, and and so um, and, and so, but I know that there are injustices, that there are injustices, and and so. But, but I think there's a place for it. I think once it creeps onto the ice rink, into the arena, on the soccer field, on the football field, we're no longer talking about the great touchdowns because sports is also a, a something that gives us time away from life. It takes, so, it takes us away from the, from the stresses uh, that, that's happening around us that we experience in life. And, and once we're no longer talking about the touchdown or the overtime goal or the home run, it, we sort of lose that opportunity. You, you talk in the book uh, about what you talk. You, you want to be Ken Dryden, yet you had your son Malcolm, who wanted very, very much when he's young to play goal, and you didn't want him to play goal, and basically took an intervention from your daughter. So, talk a little bit what, what the lesson you learned as a parent from that, and what people in the audience can learn broadly from that whole experience. Yeah, I think that um, you know that Malcolm was a really good player. If I if, if, if we were to go back in time and when they were all young and they're all emerging, and I know PK is older, and if you were to ask me which one I thought would make it as an NHL player, I would tell you Malcolm. And maybe the, the people who knew us and knew him and the coaches would probably agree. And, and, so, and, and I was coaching Malcolm, so I never saw him as a goalie, but I know that he, he always wanted to play goalie, but he was such a good player. And, and so that's, I sort of had a dream for him. I had a vision for him. And the lesson I learned is that it's okay to have a vision for them. 
It's okay to have a dream for them, but eventually they have to own it. It has to become theirs. And like I said earlier, clear the way, pave the way, then you get out of their way. And we had to get out of Malcolm way because at 12 years old, he said, Daddy, I don't want to be a player anymore. And if I can't be a goalie, I'm going to quit. So it was an easy decision for us to make. Very, very easy decision. Even though I saw him going in another direction, he was on the same path. And as parents, it's our job to get them on that path where they're productive, where they can contribute, where they can achieve. But he decided now that this, I want to go in another direction. And that's an important lesson that, that I had to learn and, and, and to put into play, or else probably Malcolm wouldn't be where he is today. We have to listen to them. And sometimes our, our children will speak out loud, and, but sometimes they're speaking in, a, in silence. And we have to be able to, to hear them either way. Once again, we're speaking to Carl Supan, the author of How We Did It, and also the father of three professional hockey players. You know their names. Uh, you know, you, we just talked about a little bit about how you grew up and how you wanted to be Ken Dryden, the great Montreal Canadian goaltender. Um, so I'm wondering, uh, given the whole story that you just told us about Malcolm, which was a bigger thrill for you? The fact that PK, and play, PK played for your favorite franchise, a team you grew up you know, rooting for, the Montreal Canadiens, or the fact that your other son, Malcolm, played the position that you grew up dreaming of playing in the <laughs> NHL. Yeah. The reason, let's go back a bit. Yeah, the reason why I wanted to, when I got into hockey on my street, street hockey, there was a rink at the end of the street, I sort of shifted to goal because that's the position I played when I played soccer in Jamaica. I was the goalie. So naturally, that's what I gravitated to. And at that time, I started watching hockey and Ken Dryden just came up with Montreal. We'd see all their games on the French Channel. I used to watch it that way in Sudbury. And so that's why I wanted to be him. Now, whenever, whether you're a football fan or a hockey fan or a baseball fan, if your kid is drafted by your favorite team, it's a moment that every sport person would love to live. And I live that moment because Montreal Canadiens have been my favorite team for over 40 years, 47, close to 50 years. And then PK was drafted by them. And so that was a high moment in my life, you can't imagine. And when he got traded, it was like a low moment. And, um, you know, our kids, this is another lesson with Malcolm being a goalie. Remember, they don't always do a great job listening to us or doing what we tell them to do. They do a great job doing what we do. And Malcolm knew that I played goal and maybe not so great in soccer. And, um, and I had an interest in goalkeeping, but I didn't tell him to be a goalie, but somehow, you know, that's what he gravitated to. I mean, mind you, I can't take all the credit for it, but maybe it had something to do with us. And that's, uh, that's another parenting thing, you know. We, we have to take the good and the bad with our children, and that's the good that he found something that he loves to do. And, and that's one way of growing potential is when our children find that thing they love to do and it becomes a dream. And then they develop their belief system because you need a strong belief system as you chase your dreams and then you take action. And that's, like what, that's what Malcolm did. You know, he had this dream. He believed he could do it. And then he went out and proved that uh, maybe not proved daddy wrong, but he proved <laughs> some of us wrong. You know, I had the opportunity to spend some extended time with PK back in 2012 during the lockout when he took part in a fundraiser in Atlantic City for um, – 
hurricane relief victims. It was during the lockout. And I, I cannot begin to tell you how impressed I was with him from that day on. I've always been a, a big PK fan. Uh, I had the opportunity to interview Malcolm for my Shoot to Thrill book. And again, you know, did nothing but impress. Uh, I have not had the opportunity to speak to Jordan yet. Uh, I hope I, I get that down the road. Uh, you just mentioned about, you know, loving what you do. So this, to me, is, is very important. When you see, as a parent, you know, when you see someone like Mike Milbury ripping PK about his pregame skate ritual where PK, and I, I'll tell you the truth, when Nashville came, when I covered the Ranger games, I basically put my, my iPhone on PK for the entire warm-up because I, I was just so, it, it was such a good feeling to watch him enjoying the game so much. When you sit there and you hear a person ripping your son for loving what he does, which is what you instilled in him, what's the first thing that goes through your mind? Well, you know, it's, the one thing I realize that hockey is a business, and, and, um, and so that's, that's, that's one part of it. Uh, and I, I want to tell you guys that I know Mike. I, I met Mike in Sochi when we were there uh, for the Sochi Olympics there in, in Russia. And, and I met Mike and, and the entire, uh, I think it's the NBC crew. And, 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 uh, but but I, I guess I, I heard that. I, it's like everything else. I, I mean, we don't pay a lot of attention to it, um, to be honest with you. Uh, a great speaker, I can't remember his name, said, it's none of your business what people are saying or thinking about you. And you have to be that way because in the book, I talk about distractions, and I talk about those do not do not enter signs. You know, when you're driving and you see a do not enter sign, you you don't want to go down there because you're breaking the law number one, and then you're going to get hurt or you might hurt another person. And 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 so when negativity, when people are saying these things, it's like do not enter sign for me. I'm not going down there because the minute you you're, you start you start to focus on the good and the bad that people are saying it can become a distraction. And then the minute you're distracted, you think about being a driver. You know, if you're distracted, you know, you can get into an accident, you get hurt, you might not make it to your destination. So PK, you know, Malcolm and Jordan, I'm quite sure they've all faced many distractions and they've learned how to deal with it. And how our children deal with it, uh, you know, is also is based on how the parents deal with it. And I don't pay a lot of attention to it because PK knows who he is and I, I know who I am, and, and they know where they're going. So, Hey, so we're here with uh, Carl Subban, author of How We Did It. This is Ryan Sherman. So we're talking about the, the parenting styles and, and um, you know, the hands-off, um, hands uh, where you would get out of the way. But you clearly made an investment when you uh, set up an ice rink in your backyard and maintained <laughs> it for 20 years. Do you have any stories about the creation and, like, the maintenance of the ice rink for us? <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the ice rink was made for the kids to, uh, to skate a lot and, and to have fun. Uh, I mean, I, I would put my skate on and go out there, and, and then I, I loved it because nobody would see Carl Subban skating. <laughs> you do it in the backyard at night. But, you know, it, it was, you know, it was the kids, you know, one of the things that you want kids to do is, is, is to work hard. And they saw the way mom and dad were working hard for them. It was a lot of work. But it was a labor of love, and it gave them an opportunity to skate. Because, you know, you are what you practice. You know, you are what you practice. And, and, and so, you know, if you skate once a week, you're not going to be as good as the, 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 other, the, the player, the boy or girl, who's skating two, three, four, five, or six, seven times a week. And, and so that was the idea behind it, that, you know, um, there were not, we didn't have enough skating rinks, so 
I'm going to create one in my backyard. So PK, Malcolm, and George, and my daughters were able to skate, um, you know, create more opportunities for them to skate. Because time and task, you know, time and task makes our children better. Practice makes them better. And so that's why I sort of did it. But, I mean, I was always afraid of the um, raccoons and skunks. Like, I mean, I never came across any uh, because maybe they don't make skates for them. <laughs> you know, they... But I was always afraid of them at night. But, um, you know, there's one where, you know, in, in January, February, sometimes we'll have that thaw. And, and, and I know I think I had a couple of holes in the ring tarp and it would melt. And the neighbor next door would come and complain to my wife uh, when I wasn't home. I tried my best to fix it. But uh, it just there, there were more great memories than not so great memories about the ice rink. You know, you talk in the book about sitting in one rink watching one son while listening to another one on the radio. Um, Fast forward to a time when PK might be fa- facing Malcolm in the Stanley Cup final or Jordan or some permutation of that. Who do you root for at that point? Yeah, it's going to be, you know, uh, we've sort of lived it uh, for one period in Montreal. Uh, when Malcolm was with the Bruins, he, you know, they faced each other. Right. It was an exhibition game. And the good thing was everyone around us in the stands in Montreal knew what was going on. So. They were living it. They were living that moment with us, or those moments with us. Uh, I'm going on the father-son trip uh, with Vegas around December 8th or 9th, and one one of their stops is in uh, Nashville. I don't know if Malcolm will play, but um, it's 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 gonna be uh, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be I'm gonna be nervous, and it's gonna be like a dream come true because um, you know hockey has given me so many great moments in my life and my children's lives and uh, it's just a great parenting moment you know and and as parents we cherish those moments whether they're walking across the stage or in the united states fighting for their country whatever they're they're doing uh because i believe we need to instill a sense of pride in our children and when you see them on that stage uh you know you just you're just happy as a parent because there's so many moments when we know as parents we're not very happy so i'm gonna enjoy it you know, I'm actually going to be in Vegas Friday. Yeah, I'm hoping that maybe I'll get to see him play. So he, I'm, just, I'm, he just got reactivated. <laughs> he just did get reactivated. And I am going to the game Friday night. I'm actually not covering them. I'm going as a fan. I'm you know on vacation there. That. So uh, lastly, I was wondering if you have ever had the opportunity to sit down with Linda and Henry Stahl, the parents of Eric, Mark, Jordan, and Jared Stahl, or any of the six Sutter brothers, to see if there's any common thread where multiple you know, siblings or multiple children get to the NHL, if there's any common thread that, that these children ha- have gone through in, in their upbringing? Well, I, I was, before you talk about the thread in their upbringing, I was just thinking about the last names all beginning with S, you know. But uh, <laughs> we know that, uh, that there are many siblings who have played in the NHL. No, I haven't uh, spoken to them, but I've always admired them. Because I know the, the, the time, the effort, um, um, the resources that it takes just to get one, but uh, to get, and the Sutter's had so many, um, that, that it took uh, a time. But I think the one thing that probably is, it would be true for them, and I can't speak for them, is that it became a passion for the children. And, and it wasn't a passion. I'm not saying the parents didn't love the sport, but I know for the children, the boys to play at that high level, that it became a passion. And when you love something, you love to do it, you develop skills around it. And when your skills improved, your, your, uh, your achievement improves. 
you know, and 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 then enjoyment uh, grows with that. So I, I I think that's the one common thing is that it became a passion for the children and a lot of work for the parents. I think <laughs> that's another uh, common piece that because no who knows that no one is guaranteed that your kid's going to make the NHL right. or the NFL or the uh, the NBA or whatever. You know, there's no guarantee, and so you do it because out of love for your children and. And, and, and you know what? Sports also is that extra parent that our children need because we can't teach them all those valuable life skills they need to maneuver this world. And sports is, 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 a, is a great classroom for our children. Carl, where can people get a hold of this great new book? Well, Amazon. Um, I know um, Amazon uh, has it. Um, I'm not sure of all the, the different stores. Is it Barnes & Nobles in the yes. mm-hmm. States? Yep. I was in Nashville. Yes. They had it in their stores, but one of the best ways is that it's on Amazon, and uh, you know, and, and I uh, just hope all the coaches and the parents and educators or anyone who's just and you know what someone asked me, Carl, who's the book for? And I said it's for everyone because everyone was born with a gift. I referred to as potential in in the um, in the book. Everyone was born with it. Every child was born with it, and potential is the lens through which I see every children, and so. Anyway, uh, uh, you know, it's for everyone, but if you're a coach, you're a parent, you're, you're an educator, um, you're working with children in whatever capacity, buy the book. There's some really good things in there that will inspire you, entertain you, and then hopefully inspire you to take action. Absolutely. Tremendous book. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Please say hi to PK and Malcolm for me. Let Jordan know that he's the only Supan now that I have not interviewed. And so I'm going to throw this out there. Maybe Father's Day, we can get you and all three of them on our show. Well, listen, if we, I would love to do it because you've met uh, two of them and I want you to meet the, the third one. And that would be a great thing to have them all on the, uh, on the same show on the air to just talking about what we're talking about tonight. It would be great. I look forward to it. Okay. We will set that up. We will, we will dedicate the entire Father's Day. I mean, listen, you know, what other Father's Day person out there is better to talk about Father's Day than you and your three sons? Thank uh, well, you. So- thank you very much. Thank you. And I'll, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll happy to do it for you and your co-host and, and your listeners. You got it. Thanks so much, Carl. We appreciate it. Thank you. You have my number. Absolutely. And I will definitely use it. All right. Super. <laughs> Thank Super. you. Carl Supan, author of the great new book, How We Did It.